Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. I had an idea, and I floated it by Mike Summer, Waxpack Hero. Gotten to uh, done a number of episodes with him. I think he's a very thoughtful podcaster and blogger, and really tries to be helpful. I try to be helpful too. He he has ComC sponsoring his show as well, and I thought, why don't we get together and perhaps pool our uh, not audiences, because what we did, instead of home and away, he'll use his and edit whatever he wants to. I obviously have more time to limited 15-minute format, so I'm going to slice it up a little bit but and edit it my own different way. But uh, thanks, sponsors. Uh, this is mainly a ComC episode, so thank you especially to ComC, but also Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Panini, Upper Deck, Tops and Heritage Auctions, Hugs and Scott Auctions. So thanks to all the sponsors. ComC getting a more in-depth look as Mike and I look at, uh, I'm calling it hacks, but it's really just suggestions and things that you may not know. Mike buys and sells. I buy and sell. I'm more selling. I'm, I'm way more selling, but I do a little bit of buying. And Mike shares some of his experience too. So if you can benefit from that's great. Check it out. It's a great big hobby. I think ComC ought to be a part of your hobby experience. So that's about as much of an endorsement as I can give. I'm enjoying it, and I welcome the competition of people to come and also buy and also sell. Great venue, working for me. So thanks, Mike Summer. Thanks, uh, Tim Getch and the crew at ComC. And uh, here is the first part of Mike Summer and my discussion of the ComC hacks. So here it is, and thanks, everybody. Thanks, Mike Summer, for being here. Wax Pack Hero. Going to enjoy going back and forth with ComC hacks how you optimize, not just financially, but enjoyment-wise. How are you getting the most out of ComC? And I'm going to share some of the things that I do, or maybe we can ask each other's questions, but thanks for being on. And what's your first hack, Mike? All right. Yeah. Thanks again for having me on. ComC is a platform that I found upon my return to the hobby in 2015. I've loved getting involved both buying and selling. So yeah, there's a few hints and tips and tricks along the way that I've been able to come up with that make life easier for me on ComC. The first one that I would share when it comes to buying, because that's how I got started, is getting on there and buying cards I wanted for my collection, is to take advantage of the ability to make offers. One of the things I would add on along with that is, but before you'd make an offer, take a look to see if that seller has other cards you're interested in as well, because I've found often that seller is willing to accept that offer if you're trying to buy multiple things from him versus just one random card. You read my mind. Yeah. If I get an offer for one card, I scrutinize that. If it's an offer for 10 cards, I'm thinking, I, I don't want to take an offer on one, but these other nine, I will. And so I, I go with the flow. That's a good suggestion. Okay. My question for you, how do you determine how much money to retain in your account? What is your optimum? Do you leave dozens of dollars, hundreds of dollars? I, I was going to ask you first, but may maybe this is a hack. I leave enough money in there. So if something came up with a port that I might be interested, I could pay with money within the system because you don't want to be putting new money into the system. That is a negative hack. You got to put new money in, then getting it out, you're going to take a little bit of a haircut. So I leave money in there. What's your strategy, Mike? I would say it is similar. I'm usually leaving at least hundreds in there because I try to go with the philosophy of having my ComC account be somewhat self-contained. So I made an initial deposit when I was first trying it out. And then I made another deposit the first time I ever submitted cards to cover those processing fees. But since then, I've never had to deposit any additional money. Everything that I've sent in to be processed. Everything I bought on the site has all been paid for through my sales 
subsequently. So I, I don't withdraw to a point where I might need to deposit again because I don't want to pay that withdrawal fee. And I also don't want to put additional deposits, be subject to sales tax and things like that now. So I try to leave a pretty hefty balance there on the site to be able to cover future submissions and cards that I am looking forward to buy. Like you mentioned ports, that's something that I've not gotten a lot of involvement with yet at this point. I'm still trying to figure out that whole aspect of the site, but I definitely err or lean towards that side of having a bigger account balance or leaving more money on the site to handle those future purchases and submissions. So you're saying, as I'm saying, is that I, I trust ComC enough that I'm not worried about leaving money in there. I'm not trying to clean it out at the end of the month, worrying that they are not trustworthy with the money. It's my account. I'm going to draw it down as I need. Okay, that's good. Yep. Okay. Yep. I was curious. You've got cards that you're interested in, you that you try to investigate or research or try to understand when and if they're going to become available for purchase on ComC. I was curious on what strategy you use to find or be alerted of the cards you're looking for if they come available. I have not availed myself of that. And it's partly because I'm scared that if I put down all the cards that I would love to have, I'd be overwhelmed. So basically, I've given myself permission to just be more random walk. When I'm looking around there, I'll see something. The main time I see things that I buy is when I'm looking to post uh, cards of my own. And I'm looking at that and I'll see, hey, I, I wouldn't mind having it at that price. So it's less of it being pushed to me and more finding. So, But if I really was way more of a player collector, or at least the cards I needed were less exotic, I, I think ComC is a great place to do that. Yeah, I think the the tip that I've got for people who are looking to do that, if they're down to a specific card that they're looking for, there's no direct alert feature on ComC. There's no way to really subscribe to a specific card to be notified when that's added. But because they now list every card on eBay, you can leverage the eBay alert functionality to be notified when something's added to eBay and then look up to see if that's a ComC item or not to then be able to go back to your ComC account to, to buy it directly. So you can use that eBay alert functionality as a workaround to be notified when ComC actually adds that card you're looking for. Okay. Okay. My turn. What's the best strategy for you in terms of allowing offers? Do you allow offers at 50%, 90% or no offers? Some sellers say, I don't want to accept offers. It's my price. The strategy that I used to use, and, and I, to be honest, I'm not sure that I've adjusted it yet, is I used to have auto accept at a, a pretty decent clip because there was a point where if you sold it on eBay or Amazon, they automatically took a, a cut off the top. And so I always went with the mindset was if I'm willing to let it sell on eBay or Amazon and take that hit, I'll accept an offer automatically. That was the 80% rule, wasn't it? That was the 80% rule. And then I think I go down to... 65 or 70% of an of a asking price is what I will listen to that offer at. My main philosophy there is typically I'm trying to price cards and be one of the cheaper options listed. I'm already pricing to be competitive and I'll listen to a lower offer, but if it's down to a 10 or 20 or 30% type offer, a real low ball, I don't even want to mess with it. And so that's why I do have a minimum on there, but I think I've got my auto accept still somewhere in that 80% range. I've always thought when somebody makes me an offer, why are they offering at the lowest possible offer price? It, it, it gets my attention if somebody doesn't offer at the minimum offer, they offer a little bit more. Do you feel the same way? 
I don't know. I think to some extent, I will test that myself when buying. I will make an offer of, of something that I think is fair or competitive. If it's a card that I'm interested in, but I don't have to have, sometimes I'll make a lower offer just to see where they're at from an auto accept perspective. But at the same time, I've offered sometimes 95% of what they're asking for and still got declined. You just never know, I think. Is the reason you said you don't, when you post your cards for sale, you don't necessarily try to be the absolute lowest? Is that because if they made an offer could be at a lower price than somebody else that's listed? Yeah, that's part of it. Sometimes it's because I know that I'm going to be planning to have a sale and run a promotion for an extended period of time. That gets into one of the other tips I had as a seller is to have a strategy. And so some cards that are not frequent movers, but have some value to them, I've found that sometimes you might want to be the lowest because if it doesn't sell through at a fast rate, you need to be on that lower end if you want to have a chance to sell in the card. But there's some cards that are, you look at that sales volume and it is just humming right along. You look at that and you say, I could be the 10th cheapest, but they're selling at 30 or 40 cards a quarter. It's not going to take too long before I might become the cheapest on into the future. So it really just depends. And then there's some cards that I'm looking at this from a long-term view and I don't care if I sell it this year, I'd be okay selling it three or four years from now. And so I might have that card even more expensively just depending on what it is, but it all fits into a specific strategy. It's not just randomly assigning a price to a card. The patient flipper, you're willing to wait three or four years. I'm willing to wait eight years now. I've reduced my horizon to eight years. Okay. When you post some cards and you put up a bunch of cards you sent in and they listed them and now you have to price them. What I do is order them. I generally put them in age order. I do the oldest one. So I put them in sequence. So I'm doing all the same set all in a row. Otherwise they present it to you in the order that they enter them. And that's not necessarily in exactly the same order because it could jump around depending on the mix of what I sent them. And again, it's amazing. I sent them all these miscellaneous cards. They've got to figure out what they are, scan them and put them in there. But for me, I've got to remember that, okay, now I'm, I, I get into a pricing philosophy of certain set and do that. So do you do anything different or is that kind of what you do if you submit? That's a good question. I honestly have never reordered the list of cards that are there for me to price. I've just worked them from top to bottom and I'll typically do some combination of looking at uh, the other listed cards from that item or from that set to get a feel for what it should be priced at and comparing to eBay if it's something where I've got a Com C monopoly and I want to make sure that I'm pricing it somewhat competitively and don't have another frame of reference on site already. And so typically I'll balance some combination of the other inventory that's already on Com C for that set and card and eBay for where I'm going to go. But as far as ordering, I've never really even messed with reordering the, the list of cards that I need to price. The problem is if you're putting something in there that you're the only one on the site, then you got to figure, what am I going to price that at? Are you saying you go look at eBay to see if that particular card's on eBay, even if it's not on Com C, and then you price it? Yeah, I'll do that. Or sometimes if it's a certain insert set, and I'm not entirely sure if it's one of the more rare insert sets or if it's one of the more common insert sets, and I happen to have the only item of that player, I'll look at that set itself on ComC to see, oh, the other nine from that set are selling for $2. I've got the star. I might be able to sell it for a few more. Or it's, oh, there's only three listed from this set, and they're all listed at $50 each. That gives me a good frame of reference of, of where I need to be on it. Those might be my cards, Mike. I don't know. <laughs> I've released a bunch of my inserts of players I don't collect as much into the Com C world. 
and uh, the players collectors don't like it other than they have the choice to find it at a cheaper price if if they can the man that-